liquefied tapeworms. It's just Kim Jong Un sweat squeezed <laughs> out. It's just every day he takes his shirt off and somebody has to squeeze that out into a jar. Uh, American pussy nodules. I'm Tom with them. I'm Steve Piles. And we're here to keep the fun in profundication. <laughs> as we always do. Yeah. Although, as we haven't done in a very long time, apparently. So, yeah, how does this podcasting thing work? I'm, okay. I don't remember. We're, we got the training wheels back on. <laughs> Hopefully, this works. Hopefully, God. <laughs> yeah. The Jeez, last. What do, what do we have? See, last week it was my fault because my fucking Windows 10 update shut off my my mic and my camera like nothing would work hmm. and then i realized it but not until we already called it good yeah <laughs> it was one of those things that we had tried and tried and tried and it just wasn't going to work so i shut uh, okay forget about it and i walked away and like i wasn't even out of the bunker yet like i was turning out of the bunker <laughs> and you're like oh but wait it works i'm like i've already shut down. too late my Google Chrome is such a piece of shit right now that it would have taken me another 20 minutes to get back into it. <laughs> We're, we but, lost the mojo anyways. You know, when you have no mojo, you have nothing. M- Mojoless. That's right. Pray for no mojo. mojo. Pray for mojo. I hope we have mojo. Yeah. God, I'll be so mad if this doesn't record. Everybody <laughs> that listened last week knows that we had an about an hour's worth. Of, well, I don't know. They don't know we had it, but it stopped short. Because I lost internet when I was down in Rhode Island, and then that's we, Rhode Island's fault. We got back into the same Google Hangout, but it didn't record the second hour of our, which clearly was you know, it was the best part of that podcast. I think. Oh, I think it was probably the best. Yeah, we've ever done. Like it was so super. Like we could have put this up for like Oscar consideration. I think that second oh. half of that podcast was like just sublime. I think there's a. I think there's a podcast award. Yeah, we could have put it like it was so good. Just so just perfect. We hit every point, but nobody will ever know it. Yep. Firing on all cylinders. Gone forever. God, I hope this isn't gone forever. (laughs) A couple things I'd like to talk about. Oh, geez. Since the last time we did a episode. Yeah, we have to catch up so much. Let's see. Uh, First of all. Avengers, uh, yeah, War. or I like to call it Infinity Wars because there's more than one. No, just when you say it that way, uh, it makes people really mad. Apparently, <laughs> actually, <laughs> it's just Infinity actually war. At the end, it's just Infinity War. <laughs> uh, Infinity Wars. It's like well, Star Wars, only infinite. You could say, well, you know, there was two main battles going on, so you could call that Infinity Wars. True plurals infinity battles infinity tiffs gauntlets discussions uh it's been out for a while so spoilers if you haven't seen avengers infinity war uh just forget about it you can you're gonna hear about it here in just a second (laughs) um i loved thanos thanos was the best character in all of the marvel cinematic universe i'm glad he was able to succeed and uh, I hope that he remains victorious. <laughs> we wish him all the best in the future going forward. <laughs> yeah. Uh, as his humble servant, so, I would say. I was just going to say, so 
this whole thing about Thanos is right, right? Where, where, where was your, where did you fall on that one? Like, do you think he did the what he had to do, or with ultimate power, he could have done something else? Well, one of the things that I read because I left the theater thinking if he had the Infinity Gauntlet and his whole mission was to make sure there are enough resources for everybody, so kill half of the population of the universe so there's enough resources for everybody. That, to me, seemed like, why don't you just double the resources in the universe if you have... Mm. It didn't make any sense to me. But I then went and read some other opinions, and one of the comic book uh, like experts was like, well, the Infinity Stones operate on a finite amount of mass, and there's no way for him to create more. He would have to destroy. And ah, I was just like, whatever. So the Infinity Gauntlet's not really all-powerful, is it? <laughs> well, yeah, well, let's we're talking about sci-fi comic book stuff, so it could you could do like well, okay, think of it this way. Like he did the thing, he snapped his fingers and the gauntlet got fucked up. Mm-hmm. So he had like a one like as far as his grand scheme goes, he had a one-shot deal with it, which kind of makes sense cuz when he was fighting with it, he never really seemed to use more than one stone at a time. Yeah. So using all six in concert was too much for the gauntlet. He got one shot of it. But yeah, that's there's a whole thing where matter can neither be created nor destroyed. So if he's got double resources, he's either going to have to change things from one transform thing, like transform a rock into a loaf of bread or some crap like that. Delicious. Or break the laws of physics, which once again, we're talking about sci-fi, you know, imagination. It stuff. involves time travel. So yeah, that's true. He, he rolled back time, but didn't really roll back time. Yeah, that's the whole thing. Just you just got ignored. But here's why he had to do what he had to do. I've been thinking about it because, yeah, everybody's like uh, double the resources, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Screw that. If you double the resources, you're going to quadruple the population, something like that. It's like it's like a exponential type of thing. When you have extra resources, your population explodes. So if he doubled the resources or did whatever, then the planet itself would not be able to sustain the population that followed from from pollution from wars, from just running out of space. Yeah. So, yeah, you could feed all the people for, you know, a decade, 20 years maybe, and then the population would boom, and then all those resources would disappear, and they'd be devolving into a, you know, a bloody civil war or something like that, where people would starve and die horrifically. Whereas his plan was evenly, randomly, so without bias, you just kind of disappear, and it's all good. Well, and also one of my things is, how do we know that he's not one of the ones that killed got got disappeared yeah they show him at the end yeah but maybe the because they show him snap his fingers then he instantly goes into the soul gem i'm gonna guess that's what happened and saw young gamora and she's not at the very end he pops up on some planet looking at the sunset but what if that's not what if him popping up is like his version of heaven oh that's a good point or you know what i mean like what if everybody goes to a different realm what if they're all in the soul gem? All the people he killed didn't actually die, die. They're they all trapped in the soul, soul gem. gem. That's probably what happened, actually. That's probably how they're going to reverse it all in the second movie. Something like that. I don't know. But I know. Thanos is right. I'm just saying that. Kill them all. Thanos did nothing wrong. Thanos did nothing wrong. <laughs> what would you do if you had the power like that? I know that we've had this conversation a little bit before, but like, would you do... Um, you know, something small. Would you make some small changes or would you make some giant sweeping change? If I had the power to do one big giant gesture and then that was it, 
Mm-hmm. I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't kill half the population. I would do something like two make... girls at once. Yeah, that's right. Because <laughs> it would take a Philly Gallop for two chicks to double up on a guy like me. Wait, wait, no. A dude like me. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, God. Three. Three space. chicks. Oh, yeah, no. Office space. PC load letter. What the fuck's that mean? <laughs> anyway, sorry. I, I derailed you with the whole two chicks at once thing. Yeah, no, I'm thinking like maybe three at once. Could you do three at once at the next, like, wish yourself to have, like, everlasting Viagra type of thing? <laughs> oh, man. Because if you're going to satisfy three chicks at once, you're going to have to have something above and beyond. Well, most most men. I mean, I'd be fine. <laughs> if you're going to satisfy three women at once, you, I'm thinking that it turns non-sexual. And it's just like, good conversation. <laughs> good conversation and maybe uh, something they enjoy, like uh, shopping and maybe... <laughs> Hey, you two kiss. I'm gonna balance this one's checkbook. Um, <laughs> this is how you satisfy more than one woman at a time. Uh, you take them shopping and tell them how nice they look in the jeans they're trying on. <laughs> that makes your ass look firm and ripe. Yeah, but I will not touch it without permission. Oh, ma'am. wouldn't that be terrible? You know how the monkey paw, the whole wish, and when you wish something, something bad has to happen in order, or whatever, however it goes. What if you? <laughs> what if you wished for the monkey paw? To satisfy two women at once, and then it like turned you gay, so you could go shopping with them. <laughs> Actually, that's a because you know <laughs> chicks, you know, like they have that gay friend that it always makes them feel good about themselves, and yeah, you do their hair, <laughs> you tell that them would be a terrible, that would be a terrible monkey paw like <laughs> scenario. Oh my god. That's actually kind of a Rick and Morty episode, if I remember right. Oh, really? The guy gets has, wishes to have women fall in love with him, but he's impotent as a curse. It's all cursed stuff. Oh, so Rick figures out how to uncurse the cursed wishes, and it's a it's actually a really funny episode. So yeah, anyway, yeah, I haven't watched any Rick and Morty. I know you're missing out. It's genius. What were we talking about? What would what would I do? So what would I do oh. with the fitting outlet? I would I would destroy half the population of the universe. I would make everybody that lives rational, logical, <laughs> like to actually have critical thinking. That's what I would do. Then the problems would solve themselves. So then you'd have a whole bunch of people being like, oh, well, it's impossible for us to survive at this rate. So <laughs> let's commit suicide. <laughs> yeah, though it's just more, yeah. it's more like all these. All these rational people would come to the conclusion <laughs> they like forced rationalism on them and they're like yeah. half of us have to commit suicide. <laughs> There's really no point in living at all anyway. So we're right. just vehicles for our DNA to propagate itself, so fuck it. <laughs> Speaking of that, have you seen any of the sequel to Thirteen Reasons Why? No. <laughs> I, can see, I guess I guess she comes back as a ghost. <laughs> Is it see now? That sounds so horrible. <laughs> this is because I saw like a, a preview and it, she popped up. I figured it was that stupid, stupid fucking trope that I hate where a people, dead person. Yeah, they imagine a dead person. A, a representation of your guilt or sadness or some right. bullshit like that. I hate that shit. Yeah. So, uh, okay. First of all, I have my own theories on 13 Reasons Why. You know that she's the villain. But, oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> In order to make a season two with the same girl, they had to bring her back as a ghost. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is so stupid. And then we got our Entertainment Weekly, and there was a quote in it about it quoted her ghost. It, like, he says, so 
so I guess you can talk, apparently. Or I guess you can talk, and the ghost says, well, apparently I can. Oh, <laughs> I, I read that quote, I'm just like, oh my god, this is so stupid. <laughs> oh my god. Somebody got paid to write that line. I know. Uh, okay, this is I haven't watched it, but this is now what I want to happen at the end of the series. She possesses somebody oh, and fucking comes back it. as like it just goes completely off the fucking rails. It becomes like a supernatural thriller. Yes. <laughs> and they have to call in a, a priest and they do an exorcism and she like comes out of his mouth as like a demon shadow. <laughs> it just everyone's like, You want a second season? Here you go, motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you wanted it. <laughs> You got it. Uh, uh, gonna... This is a lesson for you, America. You can't leave well enough alone. This is what you get. Yeah. Maybe it can explore her in the depths of hell because she commits suicide. Oh, <laughs> I would watch that. We, we then... manipulated and did all the shit that you did and try to have people go at each other. You go to hell. That's, you know, that's the way it works. Well, we all know what happens in hell. You get force fed all the donuts in the world. Have all the donuts in the world. <laughs> don't more. mind if I do. Oh, yeah. More. 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 <laughs> I don't understand. <laughs> See, I busted out the Simpsons reference first. Uh, no, you didn't. Uh, what? What? Sure. I'm just, I'm just saying. At the beginning, when I said "Pray for Mojo," that was a Simpsons reference that I did not. Oh, I was, I thought that was an Austin annotated. Powers reference. Not "Pray for Mojo." Maybe "Get Your Mojo Back" would be, but not "Pray for Mojo." Yeah, baby. But I thought, you know, I'm gonna keep it to myself this time. But nope, you had to make me. <laughs> you just had to do it. Yeah. Well, actually, it's well, actually, not the I'm the one. Uh, hmm. So yes, Infinity War. I loved it. the action scenes were fucking phenomenal. That one guy, that Ebony Maw, that came down and was doing telekinesis shit. Oh God, I love that stuff. Yeah, he was a good villain. Uh, a little bit stupid, but for my liking. If you're gonna be like an intergalactic telepath or whatever he was, not telepath. He was a what was he? Telekinetic. Telekinetic. That with you know capable of interstellar travel that is the right-hand man of the most powerful person in the entire universe, you're probably a little bit smarter than that. I'm just... Yeah, I mean, they they got the drop on him. They mm. He would he would have fucked him up if not for that. Like, mm. he was winning. He would he would totally have fucked him up. Yeah. But Spider-Man had to go and watch Aliens or something. <laughs> you're goddamn right. I did like that. I liked the 80s. What? No. The, the 80s uh, references... Uh, Footloose, yeah, that was good. Yep, is that still the best movie ever? Never was. <gasps> anyway, Infinity okay. War, Zzz, I liked it a lot. And Did then you... there was the big one after Infinity War Deadpool for certain 2. people. Deadpool two. I saw Deadpool two. I saw Deadpool and then Deadpool two as a double feature. Thanks, Finchy. Sounds titillating. Yeah, I'm glad. I actually really because I watched your um, thumbnail of Deadpool. I hadn't seen it since I saw it in the theater. Mm-hmm. And there was a lot of callback jokes in Deadpool 2 that I totally would have forgotten about if I hadn't seen it ahead of time. Yeah. So that was good. Still good. I liked it. It was. I I put it, really, I put Deadpool and Deadpool 2 on the same level. I've heard people say Deadpool 1 was better. I've heard people say 2 is better. I put them, I think they're about Equal. the same. Yeah. Yeah. I like, I like the second one better probably just because uh, it they had like improvements, maybe. There was the two scenes, there was two scenes that put it over the top for me. So the end scene where he, goes back in time and writes the wrongs yeah that was good <laughs> that was hilarious and then when x-force with the parachuting in that yeah. i didn't i didn't <laughs> see coming like i thought this was going to be a t movie where you know it's going to be a bunch of characters and x-force is going to crack jokes and do something yeah. stupid and it all dies like right off the bat that was the greatest 
Except Domino. Except Domino. And then when he goes back to save him, he saves the one dude. Was yeah. It Peter. <laughs> yeah. Just go away. Just, Just him. Yeah. So, anywho, movies. Haven't seen Han Solo yet. Yeah. I uh, I stumbled across a YouTube clip of like the twist at the end. Which yeah. Which is dumb as shit. <clears throat> really? I mean, I'll, maybe I should just spoil it for everybody huh <laughs> well i i know what it is i know the i've i accidentally spoiled it for myself again yeah well and when i say accidentally i found something that i was researching for han solo and then i didn't hit the pause button when i probably should have and just let it play okay well then we could have a little discussion of this i guess since we're not gonna spoil it for each other and anybody listening can go fuck themselves if you haven't seen han solo yet and you don't want the ending spoiled just fast forward like two minutes sure so the puppet master is darth maul yes which yeah i guess he's not darth maul which is like they looked at rogue one they said okay we threw vader at the end and people loved it so what can we do now we'll throw darth maul at the end and people will love it i don't know maybe it works better in the theater well what i read about it was ron howard really lobbied for it because his son is not uh involved in filmmaking but is a huge star wars fan and when they were doing the um rewrites and stuff his maul's character was on the i guess like on the block as far as one of the major characters to include Mm -hmm. and um I guess had already participated in either Rebels or Clone Wars. One of the cartoons had already been outed as still alive and part of the part of canon is still mm-hmm. alive and um, already ahead of the was it Crimson Dawn, I guess, is the crime syndicate. So anybody that had been paying attention to Clone Wars or Rebels or whichever one it's part of probably didn't wouldn't have been too, too surprised. But um one of the things that i heard is terrible about it is the fact that he lights up his double double-sided lightsaber for no reason at all yeah so he's just a hologram or something like that he doesn't do anything right i don't know i i don't know that bit i just know that he gets exposed as the the head honcho of the crime syndicate that they're either trying to pay back or rob i don't know the full story yet but um then he lights up his somehow some way lights up his double-sided lightsaber just to be like hey look i'm darth maul (laughs) remember this thing yeah fans kind of cringed like you know why did why did he light up his lightsaber other than just just pandering yeah fan service but you know whatever i i want a little fan service yeah well that's what the whole vader scene at the end of rogue one was pure fan service but it was awesome because you got to see vader kick ass like he'd never done before Mm mm-hmm Throwing Darth Maul in there with, and he doesn't do anything is, well, this is my thing. Like, I've heard people thought, well, maybe he'll pop up in another movie. He'll pop. They've already said the cartoons are canon. So I looked into this and he pops up in the cartoons, runs around for a while, and then fights Obi-Wan again and gets killed again, or for real, or whatever you want to say by Obi-Wan, and he's done. So this little scene in Han Solo was just, hey, look at this stuff. Remember this cool character you liked? And that's it. It will never amount to anything. We'll never go anywhere. We'll never mean anything. And this is the problem that the Star Wars franchise is facing now. They don't know what they want. Like this this movie was, from what I understand, was pure, give me the money, give me the money. We're just going to throw characters at you that you loved. And they well, flubbed it. So I Okay. Mean, can we can we stop right there and talk about flubbing a movie? Because okay. they're calling the solo movie a flop. 
Well, underperforming. Underperforming, but it's all it's it's made like the kind of money that like other movies dream of that will never achieve. There there are other quote unquote blockbusters that won't make the kind of money that Han Solo movie did. The problem is is they're setting their sights way too high. They're they're doing too much of a cash grab too soon. And right. I think two movies a year, two Star Wars movies a year is too much. Well, they're going to burn out. Promising. And okay. And don't get me wrong. I I agree with you there a little bit. I don't think that they will burn out if they do it the right way. There's no need to burn out the Star Wars universe. It is so rich in characters and it's such a huge connected universe that you don't have to have like ridiculous fan service in order to make a good movie. There's just so much store, so many stories that are available that have nothing to do with the Skywalkers. You know, they don't have, you don't have to have major characters. You can have your own story, which is what they're doing with the TV show. Apparently, uh, John Favreau is writing the series and he's going to direct the first episode and it's not going to be a Skywalker story. The trilogy that they're giving to Ryan Johnson is not going to be a, a Skywalker story. And the Boba Fett movie that they're talking about coming out with, like probably the smartest thing they could do is have him avoid the Skywalkers and then maybe make it R. I'm just saying an <laughs> R rated, an R rated Boba Fett movie would probably make more money than Rogue One and Han Solo combined. I would be absolutely floored if they made an R-rated Boba Fett movie. I agree, <laughs> but if you want to do a cash grab, it would be awesome. But I would, yeah, yeah. I would be. Would absolutely... you go see an R-rated Boba Fett movie? <laughs> he goes to Jabba's palace and gets a hooker. That's there's a scene where he's just going to down. Oh my god, maybe, that would be awesome. Maybe it's <laughs> just Boba Fett being a cruel ass motherfucker, you know, and like blasting people and using language and you know maybe you get some side boob and a, an ass shot i don't know i don't go. know what, what would be like maybe is you take the humor out of deadpool and you've got a, a boba fett movie yeah well so i agree with you like yeah there's a wealth of of um potential that they could mine for it but like i said they i feel like they don't they don't know where they're going they're like they're, they're trying to play it easy or play it safe with stuff like the han solo movie and i hear at least rumors that they're going to be an Obi-Wan movie. Prequel movies with characters you already know. So you're like, A, I have a problem with prequels anyways, because how do you, how invested can you get in something where you ultimately know how it's going to end? You know, like this Han Solo movie, all these side characters they introduced besides Lando, you know they're not going to do much of anything because they didn't. <laughs> right. 30, 30 years later, 40 years later, whatever the time frame is, they didn't do anything. Yeah. So either they're going to die or they're going to amount to nothing. It's a story that we don't really need and they're like i said they're gonna throw stuff in there the Darth Maul that doesn't really do anything for it just to try to make sure you keep your eyeballs on the screen so it's i don't know it's just all over the place and then they do the last jedi where they like oh no we're gonna change it all up we're gonna shake it up we're gonna redefine the entire franchise then the very next movie is but we're gonna go right back to what you love without really paying much attention to why you love it i don't know when they announced the force awakens um they said we're going to disney bought star wars and said we're going to make new star wars movies the fans went crazy then they said not only are we going to make star wars movies we're going to keep rolling them out forever Mm -hmm. and they specifically cited james bond movies and how james bond movies have been so successful even with ridiculous premises even with uh, a, a timeline that does not make any sense, 
people love James Bond and they're going to keep turning out for James Bond movies. And the James Bond franchise is worth billions and billions and billions. Like the, each Bond movie is making over 500 million easy, mm-hmm. easy. And in, in, uh, I don't remember what, what Spectre made, but worldwide, like worldwide gross, I think was either close to a billion or just over a billion. Like the James Bond franchise is worth a lot of money, but they only roll out those movies every two or three years. Oh yeah. And, and, and make some of them have like a four or five year gap. Some of that had to do with studio problems, but okay. Star Wars, you want to start rolling them out like James Bond, roll them out like James Bond. Don't come out with two a year. I love the fact that they have them. I I love them. They're, they're basically cartoons. You know what I mean? They, Mm -hmm. I don't put that expectation on them to be the force awakens. You're not going to make $900 million <laughs> domestic on every single Star Wars movie, especially if you let Ryan Johnson make them. <laughs> oh, God. And I don't know how much money is in television. I'm sure the Star Wars TV show will do well. I, I, I'm I'm sure of it. What's the premise of that? Because I thought I heard something about it that I now I can't remember what the premise was supposed to be. I don't know. I, because I, I don't. I, well, here, like I keep hearing that they're going to make a young Luke Skywalker movie, like Luke Skywalker on Tatooine before, you know, R2-D2 shows up. Never. Not in a million like, years. I, like, e- even no. if they were making it, they're scrapping it right now. They're, they're it, like, that makes no sense. Right. If If the new TV show is about Luke Skywalker on Tatooine as a young boy... I won't I won't participate. I mean, I guess they did this they did that Gotham TV show with a young Bruce Wayne and you're like why would you watch a TV show about Batman where he's not even Batman? But they made it work with the ancillary characters. But I if you look at that TV show it became like I watched the first season, I watched the, like the first episode of the second season, I'm like this became super campy, super over the top and it didn't make any sense within the universe itself. So, you could look at it as its own pocket thing and it would work. If you like that kind of style. So if they made a young Luke Skywalker, they were they will have to have to fuck with the timeline and the established canon to make it even remotely interesting. Yeah, I don't want it. I don't and, want it. Like, yeah, what's the point? If you want it, if you gotta keep it part of the time frame in that universe, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with like maybe a TV show that surrounds the rebels after they leave Yavin Four. You know what I mean? Like if, you know, if you gotta like, give me, give me um, a TV show about how the the stormtroopers on the Death Star got there. You know what I mean? Like, give me a Moss Eisley Cantina. You know that the great books, Tales from Jabba's Palace, Tales from Moss Eisley Cantina had nothing to do with. You know, it's not that it didn't have anything to do with Star War, uh, like the Skywalker story. But it had to do with all the other characters that were in the cantina at the same time as Luke. Like Luke, Han, Chewie, Obi-Wan, R2, and C-3PO. They were in the cantina at the same time, but those stories had nothing to do with it. And yeah. that's great. Give me, give me that. That's fine. I don't, but don't give me Luke Skywalker. Don't give me Obi-Wan Kenobi. Don't give me any of that other bullshit. I like, I, I have Star Wars episode four, five, and six. That's, I'm good. Mm-hmm. I'm happy. Um, well, and plus, actually, see what happened with Last Jedi. I would. It would be heartbreaking to watch Luke again, anyways. So, <laughs> yeah, true. Any, any kind of prequel with him, like just like this Han Solo one. Like we see what happened to him. What's the point? I, I, I don't. Ugh. I don't know. Anyway, if they're if they're gonna do a series, though, I would love the Old Republic, like the stuff like thousands of years. Oh before. yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that would be cool. I mean, you could do all original characters. You could do 
story plot lines that people wouldn't have to necessarily see coming because it's thousands you could have the complete rise and fall of the jedi and the rebirth of the jedi in that amount of time like you could tell whatever fucking story you wanted to i'd like to see i would like to see a tv show including the jedi being the actual bad guys that they are yeah you could have the sith conquer the galaxy to free them from the jedi and then the new jedi maybe do better but then they lose their way. You know, shit like you could have nuance yeah. and a wealth of potential. And I feel like they're not going to do that. They're going to be like, nope, nope. We're going to stick to the stuff. Yeah, we have want. to tie into the movies. Have to tie into the movies. Yep. Yep. We're going to do, uh, you know, this little kid on this planet's moving brooms. So we're going to talk about him for a while. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, Star Wars. I'm still very, you take it with a grain of salt now, you know. Very try not to touch it with a ten foot pole. Yeah, they're I don't gonna know have to I'm... do a lot to win me back. I don't know. I don't know who I'm fooling. I don't. If they slapped a Star Wars sticker on a turd, I'd buy it. Uh, nope. I made sure. Like my brother texted me, so you can see the solo movie. I'm like, nope, not even going to. I'm making a stand. Oh, uh, here's something. I've seen a lot of people draw comparisons to the Han Solo movie and the episode of Firefly called The Train Job. Which one was The Train Job? It's the one where they have the the medicine on the train that's being guarded by the feds and they ha- they steal the medicine and then they find out the medicine was on its way to a town that needed it because the whole town's sick and they kind of get stranded with them and they end up instead of they, they break their deal with the person that they were going to steal the medicine for oh, and they give it to the town. Right, that's right. That's right. And like there's all these fire. I was I've been keeping my ear to the ground with the firefly threads and everybody is like oh my god it's just they stole the story from the train job so <laughs> anywho anyway switching gears mm. um we've had some fan feedback to the podcast and okay. uh a fan has expressed their uh frustration with not being able to speak to us while they're listening to our voice so i figured i would <laughs> i would turn that up to 11 they know who they are they're listening right now and they're probably sick of listening to star wars talk oh yeah definitely so what we're gonna do is we're gonna frustrate this individual that can't speak to us right now while they're listening and i'm gonna let you describe why hydrox cookies are better than oreos fucking (laughs) (laughs) i did not see that coming all right (laughs) i'm not saying i never said you did you did I did not say they were better than you and I had a conversation. I said they were the same. Hydro. Okay. That's possible. You said Hydrox are the same as Oreos. Yes. That's what I said. Okay. No. Oreos are superior to Hydrox. No. What I did find out is Hydrox with the original. Oreos are the knockoff. That's right. And this is one of those. Hydrox with the original. But that just because they're the original doesn't mean they're better. Okay, I this is I I'm totally gonna do this. I'm gonna bring a fucking thing of Hydrox and a thing of Oreos and do blind taste tests. A blind taste test. I'm totally gonna I'm, do this. I would I would pass that with flying colors. Oh God, let's do it. Let's okay. do it. All right, you don't have to. Don't threaten me with eating cookies. <laughs> uh, oh no, I'm gonna have to eat cookies. Uh, I will I will go out on a limb and say that a hundred percent of the people will choose Oreos over Hydrox. I am. I'm, Okay, maybe I haven't eaten Hydrox since I was a teenager. Whatever. I'm still, at the time, I never noticed a freaking difference. So I am going to do this. We're just going to have to deal with the fact that you couldn't tell the difference. I mean. (laughs) That I don't have enough cookie. You don't have enough. (laughs) You don't have a sophisticated enough cookie palette. (laughs) Oh, my God. Just put that on the chalkboard of things wrong with my genetics, I guess. (laughs) 
Poor you can't tell the check. difference between Loses generic. Can't tell the difference between cookies? Big check. <laughs> you probably couldn't tell the difference between store-bought, sorry, store-brand Chips Ahoy and Nabisco Chips Ahoy. There's a difference? Wait, <gasps> man, maybe I really do have a problem. So, oh, God. It's probably like... <laughs> I'm trying to think of something I can't always tell the difference between. What's that, what's that knockoff of Cinnamon Toast Crunch? Oh, don't even. That, no. Yeah, yeah. Don't even. Probably the same. Stop. Probably the same. You're talking like store brand Cinnamon Toast Crunch? Yeah. Or whatever yeah. they call it. It's not Cinnamon Toast Crunch. It's probably like spicy, sugary. <laughs> Toasty, crunchy cinnamon. <laughs> uh, no, there's a huge difference between Cinnamon Toast Crunch and the store brand shit that they... <laughs> Taste that, test. Yeah, Lucky Charms. Yeah, you, I would win that. That I would I would pass that taste test. Blind taste test, easy. That's a that's a no brainer. You know what? Money I'm, I'm, I'm doing to... this. I'm doing this. I'd probably just have to smell it, and I would be able to tell oh, you which one's which. Now, huh. can you buy Hydrox in stores still? Ah, uh, I would I would imagine that there's probably like ye old shoppy. You could <laughs> probably go to like Hydrox Ebenezer's in. North Conway, where you can buy like <laughs> like black licorice out of the glass container. So, uh, same vein then, mayonnaise or Miracle Whip? Well, mayonnaise is superior to Miracle Whip, but if if there's nothing else, I would eat Miracle Whip. Because I, because this is part of like this bled from the same conversation, but I think I kind of think I'm a Miracle Whip over mayonnaise. What? Yeah, it's well, got it's, more zest to it. It does because it's not just mayonnaise. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's a salad dressing. It's a, it's a, like a, I don't know, it's not mayonnaise. It's miracle. a miracle. It's in the name. God damn it. Miracle Whip. Whip. I don't mind. Cream. I don't mind Miracle Whip. It, like I said, I would, I would put it on a sandwich and it wouldn't bother me. I know there are people that right now that are, yuck. But I, I, Miracle Whip. It's good stuff. Yeah, it's not bad. Um, hmm. Brown mustard or like regular yellow mustard? I mean, I'll eat them both, but I prefer the brown mustard. Grey Poupon. You're a Grey Poupon guy. Oh, God. You know, you, you know you've made it in life when you prefer <laughs> the Grey Poupon over regular mustard. You know you've hit that plateau that... that Isn't there something about Grey Poupon like, like it's not fancy in any way, shape? Like if you serve that at a restaurant, they'd throw you... You know what I mean? It was like it's, oh. it's like basically scraped off the bottom of a shoe but because they had that ad campaign in the 80s where like sophisticated people pulled up next to each other in their cars excuse me, me do you happen to have any gray poupon and like well, of course yeah they their ad campaign showing sophisticated people having gray poupon it gave it this air of you know this is the this is the high, high class, level high, yeah, high class but in reality it's like like pub food like not even it's the low end of the mustard spectrum is that i don't know spectrum i think there is what's, what's the what's the hellman's or whatever the regular just yellow mustard french's french's something like that with five different types it's, it's french's you can't sit there and tell me that that's more sophisticated than great poupon i mean come on great poupon it's in the name poupon <laughs> uh what about honey mustard doesn't that the fact that you could say great poupon without thinking of the you know, that you're pooping on something Shows how sophisticated it actually when is. When somebody says they're eating Grey Poupon, I feel like they're driving in a Rolls Royce limousine. They're in the back mm-hmm. and they've got themselves a little cracker that they're using a tiny little knife spreading like 
just a hint of Grey Poupon on it because that's all you need. Yeah, you know, because it, it, it adds to, doesn't overwhelm because that's what you have to do. My mother-in-law makes her own mustard and it's one of those things that there's there's like a, a window where you it's like perfect. You can't have it too early. It's got to sit in the refrigerator. <gasps> I think I had, is that what she put on that asparagus that one time? Oh, I'm sure. Oh, that was so good too. Yeah, and it's, anyway, if you leave it in the fridge and like don't don't eat it all and it just stays in the back of the fridge it i don't even know what that's called it like ferment it it (laughs) ruminates or something percolates yeah it percolates and (laughs) so i had like a half a jar in the back i'm like oh oh i I, she made that for me last summer i'll just i'll i'll put this on a sandwich and it'll be fine and it was like the most extreme mustard experience i've ever had in my life (laughs) when you get drunk off of mustard you know you got some good shit (laughs) Yeah. When you start like, <laughs> you know, seeing smells and, <laughs> you know, you just walk up to your father-in-law and start touching his face. Whoa, <laughs> this is like real. What, uh, what's happening? I can taste the number nine. <laughs> I can see through time. <laughs> yeah, that's some good shit. <laughs> Dirty hippies. They're mustard. Mm. So how come? Uh, why is this always, always a mustard thing how come there's no special fancy ketchup what's there is oh my god you don't even know there's special ketchup well there's that new frankenstein monster ketchup mayonnaise thing there is um i i downloaded it i have it somewhere but it's a recipe guide for like 12 different types of ketchup and one of them is like uh half yeah it's like half cup ketchup a quarter cup mayo and a quarter cup like brown sugar actually that sounds awesome yeah there's uh, i've I'll 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 give it to you. Basically, ketchup. it's a special ketchup recipe. Ketchup. Make your own ketchup. Well, we really just took this podcast right to condiments. <laughs> well, we were due for a condiments episode. I know. There's a there's a condiment at the grocery store that I want to try so bad. Um, it's called Yummy Sauce, and it's Asian. <laughs> and it, I, oh God, I just want you know, it's probably made out of like fish lard or some shit i don't know and it just it looks delicious and it's called yummy sauce you know where it's from it's from north korea oh god it's people it's like it's it's made out of people this is industrial way it's nuclear waste from all their programs they're like how can we get rid of this stuff we're gonna send it to america yeah we're gonna call it yummy sauce and those idiots are going to eat it yeah it's made out of liquefied tapeworms it's just kim jong-un sweat squeezed out it's just every day he takes his shirt off and somebody has to squeeze that out into a jar Uh, pussy nodules yummy sauce wait was that your north korean that was my my north korean accent yummy (laughs) yummy for your tummy you have the best accents hell yeah i do you have the best representation of foreign language ever (laughs) You eat my sweat. Eat yummy. It paid for my missile. <laughs> anyway, anybody out there that's tried yummy sauce, let me know. I, I want to try it, but I'm not going to spend like Kim sweat? six bucks on some Kim Jong-un sweat. <laughs> Maybe five, but not six. No way. I'm not spending $6, but, you know, five fifty, five fifty. Five fifty is good. Uh, and I just watched a video on how fish. Have you ever heard of fish sauce? Like the Asians eat it. It's on everything. Mm, I don't think so. Okay. So over in the Asia, they have fish <laughs> sauce. The Asia. 
and it looks kind of like sweet and sour sauce, I guess is the best way to put it. And Wait, is that, that's a duck sauce, is it? No, 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 no. Okay. This is fish sauce. And it's okay. like authentic Asian cuisine. It has huh. a side of fish sauce that you basically dip everything in. And I'm watching all these like food videos of people eating Asian food and street vendors. You know, you have to eat this with fish sauce. And I like curious about it. And I saw a video on how they make it. And it's basically like, I don't know, like anchovies or minnows or some little fish. And they throw it down in a vat and just cover it with salt until like all the liquid just pusses out of it. And then they kind of churn it a little bit and voila, you've got yourself some fish sauce. Oh God, like, oh. that sounds amazing. Yeah, it does. It sounds so good. <laughs> yeah, it's all the eyeball juices. and, and Yes, I would totally eat that shit. Is that oh, you bad? would eat anything that came out of the ocean, you said. Oh God, yes. Oh, I'm hungry now. I want some fish sauce. Well, go to the Asia. Go go to the Philippines or yeah. Vietnam. I'll go, go to the Philippines, do a little drugs, not get in trouble. It's all good. Just be careful of the, the pretty girls that hang out near the ATM. <laughs> <laughs> the lady boys. Yeah. Hey, a little extra, you know. Whatever. You, you pay for a deal, you get a bonus surprise. I mean, I don't see the problem with that. You break You break a deal, you spin the wheel. <laughs> that sounds ominous. Mm, it's Thunderdome. <laughs> Yeah. So we're talking about um you know what I'm I want to talk about for just a second and we this is this is a big reflection moment. Everybody listening, including you, including me, can we stop starting every single sentence with so? So, can we can we, can we get that can we finish that? Can we <laughs> I've made a conscious effort in the last couple weeks to not say so. You know what? Weirdly enough, I'm with you partially. You remember in the 80s, everything was like, 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 like. Yeah, yeah. Like everything. And it probably like frustrated the shit out of adults. <laughs> I'm sure. There's yep. Now, now I'm like, oh, you kids, you kids. I don't even know where that started. I think that when you start a sentence with the word so, you're basically just saying... <laughs> This has happened to me. Listen, yeah. so I went to the bank today, and you'll never guess what happened. So this guy said to me, you know, so, yeah, oh, God. No, I hear you. It's not, it's a it's a flag that you're not going to have a conversation. You're going to tell a story. Yes, and maybe so. that's not that bad of a thing. But I've noticed myself saying it so many oh, times. Yeah, yeah. That it, it became like when I heard myself say it in my own head. It's just like fingernails on a chalkboard. I don't. It doesn't bother me when other people say it. I don't want you to think that. But I know <laughs> no, he hates that... you. He hates you as a person if you, if you say that around him. <laughs> there's, there's no way I'm gonna get myself over saying starting yeah. a sentence that way until everybody stops. But so, it's see, I, I just did it. <laughs> oh my god, that was not even on purpose. Yeah, I know because it's so yeah, it's just ingrained. It's, but, it's just that thing that we do. It's like I've heard I've heard people like I, I want to say within the last maybe five six years that this has become a affectation of conversation where some one two people are talking one person will say something to the other person like tell me about you know your thoughts on this topic this whatever and the person won't just say oh I think it's a good idea I think it's a good bad idea something like that they'll say so here's the thing I like they're not answering the question they're 
They're right. saying so, and if you're starting with so, congrats, strap yourself in. You're going to get a story. <laughs> yeah, buckle you're gonna up. Get, you're not going to get a, a quick, succinct answer to anything. You're going to get, I don't really want to answer your question, honestly, because it's going to make me sound bad. So I'm going to worm my way around it so you know where I'm coming from. Yeah. And then when I answer the question the way you don't like, yeah, I'll, hopefully you'll forgive me. I don't know. <laughs> wow. Like your 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 question's too simplistic, so I'm going to give you a story and explanation beyond what you're asking. I will extrapolate. Yeah. Anyway, so 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 actually, when you if if you're having a conversation with me, which Monday we'll have a conversation. If you hear me start a sentence with "so," just know that in my head, <laughs> I I'm like beating myself up. I, I almost want to walk out of the room and walk back in and start my sentence again. <laughs> I will internally cringe if you hear me start a sentence with the word so. So if you're talking to Tom and see, I just did it again. <laughs> well, if you're talking to Tom and he turns around and walks away on you, <laughs> I know, what. know that he's listening to fingernails on the chalkboard. It's him, not you. You know what else? It's kind of you. Do you have any? Do fingernails on the chalkboard bother you? No, not really. Never really did. Like you know, I'm, not, I'm not gonna say I like the sound, but it never really made me cringe that much. It crawl. I'm thinking about it right now, and my skin is crawling. Do you know what is the same exact thing as fingernails on a chalkboard for me? Mm. My tongue on a wooden, like a tongue depressor or a popsicle stick. Really, a, a dry popsicle stick on my tongue, like like a, a foreign government wouldn't even need to waterboard me. <laughs> I, like I. Like they'd they'd come in with like like pliers to pull my fingernails out, and I'd be like, "No, you can skip all that if you want to torture me. Just put a wooden tongue depressor on my tongue, dry." Ugh! God, I want to just I want to thirteen reasons why right now. <laughs> you want to become a ghost? <laughs> yeah, I just want to die. Yeah, like that's my hell. Like when I die, if I like have to spend any time. Like if there's like a 90 day sentence in hell from the sins I've committed and then I can move on, you know, that 90 days is going to be sitting around in a doctor's office getting a dry tongue depressor put on my tongue. I swear to God that that to me is the worst. I'll take fingernails (laughs) on a chalkboard any day, but a dry popsicle stick on my tongue, man, it's giving me the heebie jeebies just thinking about it right now. I don't want to think about it. That's very, very weird. I never is heard it? that from is anybody it? else. Ever. Because somebody is listening to this podcast right now and they're going, preach. Amen, nope. brother. Yeah, there is. I, I'm going to say there's not. I'm going to say it's yeah, just there is. you. Nope. In the entirety of the human race. <laughs> well, you know you. what? With my infinity gauntlet, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to... Get rid of all tongue depressors. <laughs> nope. No, I'm not going to get rid of them. I'm going to moisten them all. Mm, moist. Moist. So, have you ever shaved your armpits? <laughs> so, have so, you ever... <laughs> damn! I have never shaved my armpits. I have. I'm just saying. Wait a second. Hold on. This. Wait. 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 Why would you shave your armpits? No, that's a different story. Anyways, <laughs> the point is that once you do, and then you get kind of sweaty, that feeling, that slick, glidey feeling, oh, yeah. around, that sucks. That's it's the like, same. I don't thing. like that at all. That that makes your skin crawl. That makes that makes that's like. Ugh. <laughs> yeah it's no good no boy bueno. so, wait that, ah! that's basically when you're in a pool and you step out of the pool for the first time entire body is like covered and it's got this slick of water on it it's basically the same thing no i mean like because 
your armpits have hair. So what does it get? You still have that. Like any, any oh, so it's, crease. It's it's the hair. Like oh, any I crease. Like I I've never done this. I've never shaved my ass here, but I did. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> actually, no, I've never done it. Wait, you seem surprised that I've never shaved my ass here. So well, you've shaved your armpits. I'm just saying that's the no. Next there's some places step. nobody goes. <laughs> but I did read this. This guy had a cautionary tale I read on the internet years ago about. He's like, you know what? I, I, I was I'm sick of having like uh, what the fuck's the term? Dingleberries or whatever. <laughs> yeah. It's like I, I got sick of having that, so I thought I had the juice idea of shaving my ass hair. It's like let me tell you, it's the worst. That that shit's there for a reason. Like <laughs> your butts. Like the most minute amount of sweat when your cheeks glide against each other and it works up into a lather. If you like fart, it's kind of wet. It's like a <laughs> shitty fucking sweat <laughs> lather. To me, it would be worth it just to get the sound effect. <laughs> and it's like, and the smell is like ungodly. Nothing on this earth. Like the shit, sweat, skin, <laughs> smell, funk. It's just like, and it, it, you want to die. It's like those, the week or two weeks it took me to get my ass hair grow back were absolute hell. Listen, if you're shaving your ass, the next step is bleaching your anus. <laughs> that's that's it. And then yeah, you go no, straight think... to porn. It, here it is. Here's first <laughs> first you're shaving your ass, then you're bleaching your asshole, then you're in gay porn. Those So like if you ever meet a gay porn star, I say, How'd you why did you start this? Like how did you get there? He's like I I fell asleep once, my buddy shaved my ass, and then bing bam boom, here we are. Yeah. Wow. That's a tragic story ass hairless ass porn <laughs> it's out there google it <laughs> one of the greatest one of the greatest lines i've ever heard from a porn was sex track five the picard character got the q character to give him hair and he goes i've got hair i've got hair in my head hair in my ass where no man has gone before <laughs> That was the greatest line <laughs> any porn I've ever heard in my life. It was so oh, awesome. Oh, man. That's pretty good. Uh, that was. That was, part a- of the, that was part of the batch of porns that I got from that video store that had a guard while somebody else got. <laughs> yep. That was one of those Sex batch. Track. Sex Trek 5. Instead of Star Trek. Uh, it, beat me it, up, Scotty. Pretty original, I think. I guarantee they said beat me up, Scotty. That's a hundred percent. Yeah, probably. I just remember that one line. Then he banged Q, so you know. But it was a it was a woman Q, so it was it was a gay porn. Don't look at me like that. Just because I shave my pits does not mean Well, you know what's the next step after shaving your pits? <laughs> shaving your ass. ass. And we all know what happens when you shave your ass. <laughs> and then once you shave your ass, it's bleach time and then boom. Yeah. <laughs> next thing you know you're at an atm in the philippines <laughs> next thing you know you got a dick in there you're like how the fuck oh right right yeah i shaved my pits damn it <laughs> <laughs> well you know what we're talking about today <laughs> what do we even have a topic movie details yeah but... movie details we have no segue because <laughs> absolutely no segue <laughs> that shit we went a while ago Straight from bleached asshole gay sex to movie details. <laughs> the devil's in the details, just like the devil's in your ass. Oh, God. That devil. There, segue. Works. Okay. Uh, I have a movie detail that I would like to... This is how I want to start this out. Okay. So. So, actually. No, actually, uh, a movie detail. This is what I'm talking about when I talk about movie details. I know that you're probably going to take it to another level because i've i've already heard some of your movie details so, okay yeah so what do you mean by movie details like in the movie saving private ryan mm-hmm. the first half hour of that movie is absolute fucking chaos right yes and 
any given portion of the screen is going to have something going on because it's combat. It's, you know, the mm-hmm. allied forces storming the beaches of Normandy and there's machine gun fire. There's, there's men crawling, there's bullets being fired. And there's this one scene in particular that I don't necessarily know exactly what message the scene is trying to convey. I, I, my idea, I'll just explain it a little bit is there's, um, there's some medics in there. They're tending to some wounded people. They're actually giving immediate first aid to a, a GI that's been shot and he's laying there and they're like addressing his wounds and, you know, they're, they're applying pressure or whatever. And mm-hmm. there's a couple of medics and um, there's chaos in the background, just absolute chaos. Guys jumping, running, shooting, doing all that stuff. But while these guys are working on the soldier that's fallen, a bullet, like it almost looks like a stray bullet comes in and hits one of the medics in the hip. And it actually, the bullet travels through his canteen into his hip. And it's kind of forgettable because the scene to me is just that these medics are willing to sacrifice, you know, and to to go into this terrible war zone and and try to help people. Mm -hmm. And so this bullet comes in and it's pretty forgettable, but it happens and it goes through his canteen and hits him in the hip and he kind of just jolts a little bit, but then he continues doing his job. Well, to the keen eyed person, water starts spilling out of the canteen. And then when the water stops spilling out of the canteen or the waters, as the water's running out of the canteen, water's coming, water's coming. Then all of a sudden it turns red and blood starts running out. So it, it's one of those things that like, if you go back and you watch a, uh, like a quick clip of that scene, You'll now that I've told you, you'll notice it like right away. But if if you're just watching this movie with eyes wide open, like holy fuck, these guys had to go through this. This is mm-hmm. unbelievable. You kind of miss it. It's a it's one of those things that it's a movie detail that fascinates me. Just absolutely floors me that they took the time to craft this scene. A, a practical effects, you know, person had to come up with how that was going to happen. And while they're filming it, they needed to have like this medic get shot and show that he had act that he'd been shot with all this chaos going around him. And then the canteen had to spring water and then the water had to turn red. Like, like to me, that is the ultimate, the, the movie making, you know what I mean? Like, that's what I'm talking about when I'm talking about movie details, something that you could have easily missed. But once you see it, it's just, it's crazy. Yeah, something that had to have a lot of detail, a lot of thought that ultimately was negligible. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. It's 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 something that you, I'm I'm saying that most people watching that movie did not catch that detail, and and that movie's full of it, absolutely full of stuff like that. That to me, though, is just unbelievable. So yeah, when I was doing research for this, I came across something kind of like that one. Like so in The Departed. Yep. When see, I only saw that. One movie once but i'm trying to remember who is it that falls off the building was that dicaprio or is that no you got somebody falls off the building i I forget but somebody's falling off a building as he's falling windows and doors have big x's across it yeah which is supposed to be a signal that there's somebody's about to die yeah i guess every 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 person that dies in that movie has an x over their head at some point yeah and i guess the also an homage to scarface because they did the same thing Another gangster oh, really? movie. Yeah. I didn't know that. 
Yeah, that's what I just read. I'm trying to find it and I can't. But anyways, but yeah, that's I mean, there's stuff like that. I'll just little things that filmmakers just throw in there from the profound that like, holy crap to the, eh, you know, it's kind of funny, <laughs> like a, almost like a little signature on a scene. So I found like I didn't know exactly what you're talking about, but I found some websites that were showing some things. I thought maybe, you know, I could tell you just because yeah, throw them out there. All right, so first and foremost, holy crap, Tarantino is loves this stuff. Loves it. You could do a whole thing on just Tarantino stuff. So in Pulp Fiction, when um, what's-her-name is OD'd and Travolta takes her to the guy's house and he's got the adrenaline syringe, mm-hmm. in the background, there's two board games sitting on a, like, a little end table, Operation and Life. <laughs> yeah. Well, that that to me is like bridging the gap between detail and Easter egg. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, like there's a there's a big difference in for me. Like, what's the difference between an Easter egg and a detail? Like in the Pixar movies, mm-hmm. every Pixar movie they put in a detail from a movie they're working on. That to me is yeah. that's an Easter egg. Uh, the the Pizza Planet truck from Toy Story is in all of the Toy Stories. That's an Easter egg. Uh, Sam Raimi's car is in all his movies. That's an Easter egg. Right. There's so, a Buzz Lightyear toy in Finding Nemo. Yeah. Yeah. That that to me is an Easter egg. That's not that's not the detail that I'm talking about. Which it is. A, it's a detail. It's something that you scrutinize a movie and you find. And but that mm-hmm. to me is an Easter egg. Well, okay. How about this in Kill Bill when uh, what's her name? Oren Ishii. The final fight between her and um, the bride. She says, you're not going to last. You might not last five minutes. The fight is exactly four minutes and 59 seconds long. So Tarantino made the uh, <clears throat> cut that it absolutely she was right. It will not be five minutes. It's four minutes, 59 seconds. Oh, long. Wow. That's an interesting little. Yeah. Nut. Or if you look at Pulp Fiction, when um, Uma Thurman's talking about that failed pilot she was part of. Yeah. The Femme Fox was Fox Force 5? What? Fox Force 5. Fox Force 5. That's all the characters she describes are characters from Kill Bill. But that kind of goes into the whole Tarantino shared universe thing or something like that, too. Yeah. But yeah, like I like I said, I like found shit tons of stuff. Um, Like this one. And like he does a lot of foreshadowing with this thing. Reservoir Dogs. When Mr. Pink and Mr. White are trying to figure out who ratted them out, in the background, there's all these bottles filled with pink liquid and white liquid. And then to the right of it is one filled orange liquid. Oh, so it's like a he's like waving a flag that if you paid attention, you could see it. Of course, that's obvious. We already know it's Mr. Orange anyways, but right. But there's just tons of this stuff. Let's see here. Yeah. And the rest of them are like Easter eggs, really. But he loves it. He loves waving flags. And like, if you know what you're looking at, you can see like it's revealed something. And that's always kind of cool. I, I, I enjoy that. I enjoy taking something in. And then on a rewatch, noticing that detail that not not only just enhances it, but almost maybe reveals things if you were paying attention to it. Yeah, I'm I'm trying to find one that I, I'm on a, a page that is talking about details, but it's it's really just Easter eggs. Well, there's okay, there's a, this one I found that's kind of funny. In Home Alone, there's a reason why Kevin was why they've skipped Kevin easily enough. Because you think you sit there thinking, well, they get to the airport, they check in, they got blah, blah, blah. Why did, you know, somebody somewhere be like, I have this extra ticket. Who the hell's ticket do I have? There's a scene that they don't barely focus on, but it's there where they spill milk on the ticket and then yeah, it's actually throws, yeah. thrown in the truck. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but yes. No, yeah. So, but that explains why, like, 
you're watching this movie. I never realized that. You watch this movie, and if you think about it, it's like it doesn't make sense that they would get to the airport and all get on the plane and not realize they don't have an extra ticket. Then, but there's an explanation for it. Oh, but it's mm-hmm. not focused on. It's just a throwaway scene. They don't say anything about it. It's just a little detail that had to be crafted into it. That's kind of cool. But every time you look at movie details, stuff like that, a lot of times it's just movie mistakes. Like extras messing up, actors messing up. Yeah. Which are funny, but it's not the same thing. Cameos that nobody realizes. George Harrison was in Life of Brian for like two seconds. <laughs> um, Small things like uh, in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, there's a lot of references to the Battle of New York yeah. from the Avengers. Um, Like in the Daredevil TV show, the reporter, I can't remember his name, uh, he wrote a front page piece on the Battle of New York, and it hangs up in one of his offices, and you can see it in the background. And apparently, uh, it's either the same, it's either the same newspaper, or it's another newspaper being read in Ant-Man, when the ant, Ant-Man is flying somewhere, and he fl- it shows a close-up of him flying. He flies in oh, front yeah. of a newspaper that has the same type of article. It might even be the same article, but it's the Battle of New York, which... I think needs to be like, they need more of that stuff in the Marvel cinematic universe that I, I kind of, I hate when you're deep into one of these Marvel movies and then have that thought like, Hey, wouldn't this whole thing, like wouldn't people not care about superheroes if they knew about the battle of New York? Like where does this fit in the timeline? Because I feel like if people knew that there were hovercraft aircraft carriers, like (laughs) they wouldn't be, they wouldn't be, too surprised at the fact that they're seeing you know the hulk or something it's true it's uh, yeah those those situations are a little weird because like how would if you watch the tv shows i like this is a divergence i'm sorry but it's 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 always a little ridiculous like if you're watching tv shows all those netflix tv shows all hinge on the bell of new york like everything takes off from there you know leaves things vulnerable and luke cage the only reason somebody has a weapon that can hurt them is because they take some of the alien metal and make bullets out of it and blah 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 so how the hell are the avengers not showing up to right. save the day in these situations how's why is spider-man not around to help them out yeah there's explosions there's murders there's all kinds of shit going there's armies of ninjas going through new york and no none of the superheroes can be bothered to do anything about it so it's always faintly ridiculous which is why i like to see like you said those newspaper things that are continuity because at least it reminds you this is a shared universe even though it doesn't seem like it yeah like in um in the second iron man doesn't he like go on this whole bit about world like he's he's gotten rid of all war he's gotten rid of all crime or there's like maybe it's the end of the first one or i don't remember i'd have to watch him again but in one of those iron man movies he he goes on and on about the fact that he's there there are no enemies anymore in the world because he's basically he can take out any army he wants with his suit he there's no reason for that yet you fast forward to the events of the avengers and people still function as if the world is normal like like if if you ask me if uh if iron man were real and he had created world peace through superior firepower mm-hmm. and intimidation and stuff like that like i don't know as people would function the same way they would you know yeah oh definitely like if if you're sitting there like the technology exists for one guy to jump in a suit of armor and lay waste to all my troops all these boko haram guys you know kidnapping girls all these um you know tim pot dictators doing coups and whatever you 
don't think you don't think they would think twice about it. You don't think they would be like, oh shit, somebody, some of these superheroes could fall out of the sky at any given time. Yeah, and fuck my shit up, and there's nothing we could do about it. Like Thor could appear and just annihilate us, and then take off five minutes later, and be done. Yeah. In fact, why doesn't that happen? You know, it's just <laughs> yeah. So lack of movie details. Yeah. Or you know, we talked about this plot details that fall apart. Like I, I just had a discussion the other day with uh, Black Panther, where if you fall to the logical conclusion. Wakanda is the scariest fucking place on the planet. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it is. It is a place that has magic stones from space that gives them super technology that lets them at least make a reasonable shot at conquering the world. Yet anybody that wins a fight could control it. Yeah, it's a but it's a hereditary theocratic monarchy. The only criteria is you're part of the family, you can beat the shit out of the other king, and you can be in charge. Yeah. Like like I, I was telling you, I told somebody else, like Martin Freeman's character, the CIA guy or whatever it was, he would be totally justified in going, okay, I'm going to leave, I'm going to go to the UN, and I'm going to get the entire world together. We're going to conquer Wakanda and force a regime change and force like a, a republic with checks and balances on it. So like your power's not concentrated in one person's hand. Right. So you that's insane. Some some uh, criminal yeah. show up, challenge the king, have the king accept the challenge, remove his powers, then get defeated. Then all of a sudden you've got like space rock nuclear war. Yeah. I mean, that's the scariest goddamn thing on the planet. That's a, that's horrifying. Yeah. Spoiler and as, alert. As, and as the movie ends or as as uh, Infinity War begins, still, that's exactly what's happened. Yeah. That's exactly still the situation. Yeah. Iron Man's cool with it. Or yep. uh, Captain America's cool with it. Like, hey, guys, just, you know, it's like bringing a, you know, a bomb into a, an airport or something. <laughs> and you can be like, hey, you're not going to use that bomb here, right? No, 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 no. This, uh, I'm not going to use it here. Okay. No, no. You're good. I just have it. Just, just, I just have it. Right. But I'm responsible. I'm responsible. I'm just getting I mean, on yeah, the- somebody could bat me over the head with a crowbar and take it, but that's, that's fine. I'm responsible. That's right just now. the way it goes. That's yeah. just, you know, it's just the way it goes. Could yeah. happen. So, yes. So, what's, <laughs> what do I feel like is the quintessential movie detail that, I don't know, maybe the first one I ever noticed from Back to the Future. Do you know what I'm talking about? I'm sure I will just as soon as it's it's not an Easter egg. It's actually a signal. So when he goes back from the 50s back to 1985, Twin Pines Mall becomes Lone Pine Mall. Yeah. 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 Nobody says much of anything about it. He knocks on the pine when he goes when he just goes back in the past. Yeah. Comes back. And that's your first indicator that it's not quite the same. Right. Yep. And then he goes and sees his family and he sees himself and all that shit. And his family's different. But that's that's something's changed. That's a detail. Nobody points it. Nobody's like, oh, hey, it's Lone Pine Mall. That's weird. And then goes on with the adventure. It's just right. there in the background. Yep. But I did notice that when I was a kid, and it seemed fairly obvious. Well, it's because you had just had some fermented mustard, and you were operating on a level I was above everybody. in fermented mustard, but I didn't in- ingest it. So maybe, I don't know, maybe the fumes did it. Maybe the lack of armpit hair. <laughs> That's it. Just drove me insane. <laughs> I, I saw things on a, a new level, right? Because you had slathered mustard on your newly shorn armpits. <laughs> Nothing more exhilarating than a shorn scrotum. <laughs> but it's not a fold, so it doesn't have to you know rub around all sweaty like making lather. Slathered in Miracle Whip. <laughs> Special ketchup. So yeah, I'm, I'm trying to come up across 
there's this one from the conjuring 2 which i never saw but this is a perfect example i guess there's a it's a movie about a demon doing shenanigans as demons do the demon's name is valak and you can see the name spelled out in the background and like these different like bookend blocks and stuff like that like it's there in the back in the you can see it in the background but there's this one i found this is kind of i like i thought it was really cool and you don't notice it unless you freeze frame it but in the dark night when the joker goes to the hospital and is fucking with harvey dent Mm -hmm. and dent has the gun to his forehead and he flips the coin and the joker gets to live you sit there going holy shit this is like this is joker's crazy dent's crazy they're all crazy do I look like I have a plan? Yeah. <laughs> but if you freeze frame it, the Joker, like like you got to work it out whose hands where the Joker has his finger on the hammer. He was never actually going to get shot, which opens up a whole possibility of is a Joker even nearly as crazy as he comes off as being like he says he's an agent of chaos, wants to watch world burn. But he seems to have a plan every step of the way. Like he has something. He, he doesn't just randomly do shit. That's dense new thing is the randomness of it. That's not the Joker. He got he's meticulously planned shit out step by step. He was never going to let himself get shot in the face. He was never going to you know well, one thing he didn't think up to chance. One thing he didn't plan on is the convicts throwing the remote control to the bomb detonator uh, out the window. The one part of that movie that falls <laughs> apart. Cuz in real life, they would be fought on themselves to pull the trigger on that yep. thing. Hammering the shit out of that button. No, too, especially the boat full of civilians and the boat full of inmates. The boat full of civilians would be like, fuck this, boom. Yeah. After weeks of a terrorist you know, campaign by the Joker, they're not going to sit there and deliberate, is it true, is it not? We're they're good people, like, we won't do it. We'll yeah. let them blow us up. It's like, oh, okay, I'm... We're all a bunch of law-abiding citizens, and then you got a boat full of murderers and rapists and cheaters and liars and thieves and blah blah blah. Yeah, fucking ten seconds done. That's what would happen. That's exactly what would happen. Yeah, but it didn't. But it didn't. Because that would not be good for the plot. Yeah, second part of a trilogy, you got to have some upbeat part. <laughs> yeah. Um. Something that comes off as an Easter egg is actually, if you think about it, it's a detail. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a well, there's a couple that involve Disney movies in the oh, shared shared universe of Disney movies and stuff like that. Um, well, first in Moana, have you seen Moana? No, it's actually really, really good. And there's a scene in it that is ripped directly out of mad max oh yeah <laughs> fury road yeah there's there's absolutely a fury road scene in moana it's awesome anybody that hasn't seen it go see it but there's this giant crab at the bottom of the ocean in like this afterlife or monster world or whatever and he's covered in treasure mm-hmm. and he seems to be like super duper powerful and in the treasure he has on his back there's the lamp from aladdin oh yeah Ah. So, so at first you're kind of like i actually i think the carpet from aladdin was in that movie too i think I've yeah it was that. yeah that that's more of an easter egg yeah 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 where they're they're the polynesian people are like making rugs and stuff and that's one of the rugs is the aladdin's rug magic carpet but um this this crab at the bottom of the ocean in this spirit world or whatever he has like supreme power and a lot of treasure. And how did he get it all? He has the genie's lamp from Aladdin. Maybe he's like a Jafar, like he 
It's a monkey paw type of situation. He got cursed because he made a bad wish or something. Maybe. But he wasn't always a crab. He sings a David Bowie song, so whatever. Oh, there you go. Actually, it's not a David Bowie song. It's a song that is in the style of David Bowie, yeah, kind of as a tribute because he died when the movie was being made. Ah, that's sweet. But yeah, there's there's another detail. Um, I think that that's the one you were alluding to that Frozen, Tangled, Little Mermaid, and Tarzan are all connected. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that has to do with the fact that Rapunzel and Flynn can be seen uh, in Frozen at the coronation and the parents left and supposedly they were going somewhere, but they don't say where they're going. But the timelines, however shoddy, that they line up where the parents would have been going to um, Rapunzel's wedding and right. their, their ship sank and their ship is at the bottom of the ocean for a little mermaid but they didn't die they got stranded on an island and then they had a baby and that baby that is tarzan tarzan right yeah and there's like enough detail where that is entirely plausible but that also means that frozen takes place in the same era as victorian england like it's not its own little alternate reality it's in our world well it's Jane and Tarzan's from is right is England. Yes, but Frozen takes place in like Norway. Right, right. So somewhere like in Disney World at the quiet time of King Queen Victoria in the eighteen hundreds, there was also Queen Elsa doing super powerful magic shit out in the mm-hmm. open and nobody cared. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's Disney. Yeah, okay. Cool. I, I I dig it. I like it. Maybe Queen Victoria was magic. Maybe. Maybe her magic power was sipping tea. <laughs> she sipped tea and the world came to an end then she spit it out and it started back up again <laughs> i have no idea where that came from yeah whatever yeah but it is food for thought i did i found one more and this this is definitely an easter egg but it made me laugh in cars the adult humor it's funny so like they go to a truck stop and at the bottom <laughs> it says convertible waitresses yeah huh? yeah yeah and then at one point the two girls cars showed them the headlights <laughs> yeah they flash them they yeah they flash them yep is it, like is, uh she has a the female porsche has a tramp stamp oh yeah yeah that he, that he <laughs> checks out uh yeah there's there's all kinds of adult style boner humor boner boiling humor so there was something i wanted to discuss a little bit and it was it's kind of in the same vein of details overlook details but it's it's kind of switching gears from the concrete to the abstract a little bit. Mm-hmm. But if you'll indulge me, I think it's fascinating. I will. R- Robocop. I'll buy that for a dollar. That's exactly it. So we all know and love Robocop. Yep. Now, if, if you're anything like me and I'm like the vast bulk of the people watching it, you watched it and it was this fun, violent, over the top movie. Yep. That thing was so fucking multi-layered that it's ridiculous. Well, is it? Are you talking about its comparison to the Bible or Jesus? So yes, there's the big Christ allegory where Murphy is killed and then resurrected to save us all. Yep. Like, like the director Paul Verhoeven. Yeah, uh, you know that's his thing. He's like, I want to put a Christ allegory in there, even to the point where when Murphy's on the ground, he's laying in a kind of a cross, his arms out, his feet together. Yep. And then. Uh, uh, Clarence Boddicker blows his hand off, kind of like a nail through the hand type of thing. Like heavy, heavy Jesus allegory. And he gets stabbed with a spike 
kind of like Jesus got like after he's Robocop, but Jesus got stabbed with a spear through the side. Yep. After he died, Clarence stabs him with a spike at one point, blah, blah, blah. But the real abstract part of this is it's a it is a very tightly narrated tongue in cheek satire. Like it is not supposed to be just a brainless action movie. That's not even close to what the director wanted it to be. It's supposed to be a satire of action movies. Really? It's supposed to be a satire of, let's see, what's it supposed to be a satire of? Capitalism, of bureaucracy. Yeah, I can see that. And of the 80s action movie about, like, it's a future where content has disappeared and it's all just surface, superficial. Like, the entire joke, I'd buy that for a dollar. And everybody laughs and thinks it's the funniest thing in the hell. As an audience, we're watching it and laughing because it's ridiculous, right? Yeah. Why are people laughing? And that's the point of it. The future has gotten to such a point where they're idiots. <laughs> they're just brain- brainless consumers. That that was Verhoeven's entire point of that. Where, like, the guy that takes the City Hall hostage is like, I want I want my job back. And I want... a fast car that gets shitty mileage and the guy's like how about the 6000 sux well if you watch the the movie the backgrounds they talk about the 6000 sux it gets like eight miles to the gallon yep it's you know bigger is better like all these advertisements the um nukem the game is like battleship but it's like you press a button i'm gonna nuke you you know you you broke our treaty i'm gonna nuke you and they're like ah they're making a game out of World War Three because they're that superficial at that point. You know, all these, it's just a huge biting satire of 80s culture. Yeah. And the over-the-top violence was to point a mirror at all these Schwarzenegger, Stallone, you know, action shoot 'em up movies. Well, good for him. It went over all our heads. <laughs> well, and that's and this is the this is the point. Because there's an article that I've read why why everybody gets Robocop right and Starship Troopers wrong. Uh because <laughs> uh. it was the same director for both movies so if you look at it, people like roger ebert and all the professional critics loved robocop because they got it they got the satire they got the you know the whole societal mirror thing mm-hmm. they got the whole they got the whole level multi-level the christ algorithms all that stuff they understood it and they loved it they thought it was genius they thought robocop was the perfect movie for its time then 10 years later five years later something like that not that long later mid 90s starship troopers comes out and is lambasted it is just torn a new asshole yeah not a single critic got it but if anything it was even more in-depth layered really satire than robocop was i'm so, curious about that because i really didn't like starship troopers but part of that was the fact that i read the book and i loved the book so much that the movie wasn't anywhere near what the book was well this is what all the critics were saying because the book they're saying to their mind it was it was too much like the book <sighs> see i didn't get that I, I don't know i didn't read the book so i don't know but that's what i'm reading about you know these critics what's his name highland wrote the book and he's like it was a sci-fi story for 11 year olds and that's just what they made this movie as. And that's why it didn't work. Full, full disclosure, I did not see anything multi-leveled about Starship Troopers when I watched it. I actually really liked the movie. Isn't there a shower scene that kind of redeems the whole thing? Where they're all naked? Sure. <laughs> Co-ed shower scene. We're all... But, and okay, and it's funny you should have... You started off mentioning Saving Private Ryan. In my mind, and I'm sure reasonable people can disagree, in my mind, there's two great invasion scenes in the history of movies number one is saving private ryan the d-day beach invasion is the best yep <laughs> and i'm not even kidding right now number two is when they 
go to the planet when they're first doing their invasion and they get off those little drop ships and they start shooting up all the bugs. Yeah. That is a visceral, dark, messed up. Like you can feel when it's, when shit starts going sideways and, you know, this guy gets grabbed and thrown into the, the mix and he's getting his arms ripped off and this girl freaks her sh- shit out, runs away and falls into a pit and out of a tunnel, another bug comes and grabs her and drags her into the tunnel and they start calling for the retreat because they miscalculated and it's all going straight to hell within five minutes. Like that is a very, watch that scene again. Go to YouTube and watch the Starship Troopers invasion. You know, yeah, don't do Invasion because they just did a movie called Mars Invasion or some shit like that. So you're going to get the wrong clip. I, I just looked it up. But you could Starship Troopers dropship or Starship Troopers battle scene or something like that. You you can find it. Watch that. It is a dark, messed up, very visceral, very like it gets you like this is what, you know, you feel what they're feeling. Anyways, that's not the point. <laughs> the point is the entire thing is a very deep satire on like fascism and really? glorifying mil- like. Think of the world they live in. They are, if you watch the beginning when they're in school and the guy, um, Radcliffe or whatever, the teacher with it that becomes their sergeant later on, whatever the name is, he's their teacher. He talks about, he like asks, why did democracy fail? Because this is the future. And they're saying, tell, tell somebody, tell me about democracy failing. It's like, well, you know, they promised everything. They couldn't control the chaos. That's why the militaries of the world got together, took over and, and imposed chaos. They're living in a world where the military took over the, and threw democracy out the window. They're living in a military dictatorship. Mm. And it's just, they're all smiling and they're happy about it. So you don't even think twice about it. They're led by they're, the leader of the world is this person named Sky Marshal. He's a military dictator, military head. Their plan he see when the bug thing happens, their plan is he's like, we we have to ensure from this day forward that human life, not bug life, is dominant in the galaxy. It's not we're in danger of being invaded. We're in danger of being wiped out. We need to make sure that we are dominating, not this time. And then you go back further. Why did this even happen? Why did Buenos Aires have a meteor hit it? Blah, blah, blah. Because they're encroaching on their territory. Like this reporters like oh some people are saying live and let live you know that we were we started this because we encroached on their territory then the the lead johnny rico says hey i'm from buenos aires and i say kill them all and as an audience member you're like yeah fuck them off (laughs) you're feeling for these characters like all these people died they're doing it in self-defense like humans have been moving through planet to planet yeah and encroaching on these they these bugs are the good guys these bugs are the ones that are like hey man can you just stick to your neighborhood and we'll stick to ours and the human's like nope we're taking over everything like if you watch like doogie's doogie hauser becomes the um spec ops or the like the intelligent branch his his uniform is straight ss like this is a world where the nazis won (laughs) Hmm. and that is so subtly done like there's those scenes where they're watching, like, would you like to know more? You could click on this, like kind of a proto-internet thing. Yeah. There's scenes where, like, we're doing our part. How about you do yours? And they have kids squishing cockroaches. And this, the moms in the background are laughing maniacally. They got the military, you know, lined up ready to go. And this little kid walks out in a full SS costume saying, I'm ready to fight. And all the people look at him laugh. Ha ha, that's good, kid. Good, good job. And it's like brutal and it's all glorifying violence. And it's like, and you don't realize this. You're rooting for these people because that's the subtle genius of this guy's movie. You don't even know. You care about the characters. The article I was reading said that's how it failed because if you're going to have a satire, you can't care about the characters being satired, you know? Yeah. I'll have to watch that again because the details are stark once you realize it. I don't think I own that movie. 
I, I, you know, I want to watch it again. I, like RoboCop, like you said, everybody gets it. But Starship Troopers, you never, you never understood it until it just got pointed out for you. It's all, it's all Nazi. <laughs> that's it's fascism one. It's that's what it is. Hmm. They talk about citizens, like, uh, they have license. You have to be licensed to have a baby. Like the one girl's like, I want to have a baby, and citizens can have babies. And the quickest way to become a citizen is to have do mil- become a. Uh, join the military and they, they talk about in the classes the di- difference between civilians and citizens so like if you're just a person living your life you don't get a say in your government whatsoever you have to become a citizen become a citizen you have to join the military where you're indoctrinated so you're never going to question the state blah 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 yeah and, and like it's and these are like just snippets one conversation here one scene there and then it opens up this whole world that you realize fuck i'm rooting for the dystopian <laughs> stormtroopers oh my god <laughs> well maybe that's unlocking somebody's inner fascist yeah it's great i love it oh I, this is what i love i love finding out that shit i thought was the way it was i was completely wrong and all these details that were right in front of my face you just had to tie them together just had to put the puzzle piece in i love that stuff i have one of my all-time favorite movies is no way out with kevin costner and there is uh one movie detail on a rewatch you can catch it and it doesn't give away the ending but it certainly points to the ending mm-hmm. you know, i if anybody is watching or listening and they have not seen no way out stop what you're doing pause the podcast and go watch no way out you will not be sorry that is a fantastic movie with an ending that'll just that'll blow your mind i see it i never watched it but i remember you telling me about it i do and I did look up the trailer for it on YouTube. And now I got to, and I meant to, I was like, I'm going to go back and watch this stupid thing. Like, that is a great movie. It, and it, while you're watching it, you're not thinking it's a great movie. It's yeah. not until you can unpack it after it's done and put the pieces together, then it becomes a great movie. Kind of like, <clears throat> I don't want to say usual suspects because it's not the usual suspects, but you know how, like at the end of the usual suspects, you're like, oh, this detail. Oh, and that detail. Well, and that meant this. And that meant that. See, That's kind of what the way out's about. I was going to, I was going to mention usual suspects. Cause I think that like as great as that movie is and like what one of the best twists and all that stuff, that's a pseudo example of this because as an audience member, there are no clues to the end. Like we're not seeing what verbal Kent is seeing in that office. Right. And I, I think we, when we talked about the subject, we kind of talked about that a little bit that the storyteller is at a huge advantage. The, the, the viewer is at a huge disadvantage yeah. because obviously the storyteller knows the ending and can weave a tale. They can, they can take you down whatever road they want to. And that's what, that's the fun of it. That's absolutely the fun of it. Memento, uh, basically any Christopher Nolan movie, mm. like you're taken on a journey and it's just nothing but twists and turns, but they have the luxury of knowing how it's going to end and they can put in any detail they want. Yep. It's just going to end up, you know? Well, and there's one I keep coming back to that is supposed to be clever. Like if you watch, I think it's the second Harry Potter movie. Like he talks to this guy, Tom Riddle, who's at the end ends up being like the past version of Voldemort. Yeah. And it's like, how did you not know? And he does this magic where his name's Thomas Malovero or some bullshit riddle and it's an anagram for i am lord voldemort and i'm like that's the most convoluted stupid pseudo intellectual bullshit i've ever seen right but you know seventh graders are like oh my god it was there the entire no it wasn't 
It was never there the entire time. In fact, it, because it only works with his middle name, and they don't even say his middle name until the end of the fucking book when he reveals the whole thing, anyways. So you're like, yeah, that's that's like a, it's like kind of like the usual suspects. It's like, ooh, the details were there, not for me, not for the viewer, not for the reader. So like on a rewatch, knowing the end, you're still not going to pick up on any little detail that you missed because they're just not there. Right. Well, if you had seen like as he's talking about the the barbershop quartet yeah if they had shown like a quick flash of the whiteboard that you could pick out the word quartet yeah if you freeze frame it you could see in the background that would be something right like if if every single thing that he made up if there was something on the screen that would have led you there i might call that a movie detail but yeah no you're you are at the mercy of figuring everything out at the same time as the detective right so i mean where it's clever and it's good yeah yeah it's still not you're right it's not a big like the reveal is all you got that's on a rewatch you can obviously on a rewatch you can get those but yeah, kind of like no way out i guess I, I gotta watch that movie yeah. See, and this is what, like, I, I keep doing this and I don't want to sound pretentious, but this is what I keep trying to do with what I'm trying to write is I want to put details in there that if somebody sets, sits down, especially in my prologue of the first book I wrote, somebody yeah. sits down, like, let's say I get like three or four books in and somebody reads them as they come out. So like the fourth book has been, it's, it's been like three or four years since they read the first book, something like that. And they sit down, it's like, I want to reread the first book knowing things that have happened and they reread my first book and then they see oh my god he put this in there and as the first time i read it, it meant nothing to me and it now it's actually has significance it's like, been under my nose the whole time yes that's what i love that's that's what i want to try to do because that's the kind of thing i love we're on a rewatch things that not like not even like you watch the first time like well that's kind of weird i don't know what that's supposed to mean like it's just it's so innocuous that you don't even notice it the first time but then you rewatch it with extra information and it's like Boom, there it is. You're like, holy crap. I love that stuff. That's what I'm trying to. So details that are meaningful, but not until you already, not until later when you know something. Love it. That's what I want. Cool. Yeah. Well, then, movie details. And I think I ran out because we could do an old Easter egg thing, and that's inexhaustible, but just details. Oh, and I when I was reading this article about Starship Troopers, the uh, <laughs> one of the um, example uses is a fascistic imagery at the end of new hope really the whole military parade honors thing in front oh, of the yeah. crowd it's taken right off of like a uh, hitler like movie reels <laughs> uh oh, wow. but then again once you take the sound off it becomes less much less ominous and much more funny <laughs> ah! Everybody do yourself a favor. Go to YouTube right now. Type in Star Wars without Williams, I think it was. The Argonauts, isn't it? Is it Oral Knots? Oral Knots, yeah. Oral Knots. Look up uh yeah, it's it's Star Wars oh. without the music. We tell you to do this shit all the time. We're not even kidding. Yeah, Look this... up Star Wars without the music. The last scene of New Hope without any music is fucking hilarious. Comedy gold. Think about it. Think about think about that scene. There's no talking. Except for Chewbacca making his little growling noises. <laughs> and so, uh, some beeps and boops from R2. Yeah. So, and the music is background music. It's not music being played in the scene. It's layered over it. So think about it from the perspective of somebody that was like sitting in the crowd. You got these three guys walking down the aisle to complete silence where nobody <laughs> says anything. Leia puts 
a little uh little metal on them and yeah. turn around and smile at the crowd. Somebody nobody clears, says anything. Somebody clears their throat in the background. <laughs> That's so good. Oh, and something I noticed when I was watching that again. Look at Leia's face when she's giving out the medals. You cannot tell me that he George Lucas all along we're back to the Star Wars. Well, I apologize. But just this one thing. George Lucas, you cannot tell me he planned all along to have Han and Leia hook up. His original idea was Luke and Leia. Incest. Because look at her face when she gives Luke the medal. She gives him this little fucking come hither smile. Like later on, once this is done, you're going to get your real award, big boy. (laughs) (laughs) But when she gives the medal to Han, she kind of looks up, hey, what's up, buddy? And then looks away and looks back at Luke again right away. She doesn't get two shits about Han, but she is eye fucking the shit out of Luke the entire time. Watch that scene again, man. It's creepy as shit. Uh, anyway, so you want to do some trivia? I got some trivia. Let's do it. All right, let me go first. Uh, I gotta find mine. You got it ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Okay, I'm doing. Me. I'm doing this shit from memory. Uh, the fifteenth president of the United States. Yes, old Jim Buchanan, James Buchanan. Mm-hmm. Uh, he. Let me see. Uh, I, I gotta. I gotta think of how I'm gonna phrase it. I guess I know the outcome I want, but I have to figure out. Um. He did something to two slaves. <laughs> okay. That he is well known for. What did he do? <laughs> <laughs> um it, this you... is this is something that old Jimmy Boy was pretty well known for, and it made him somewhat unpopular. <laughs> <laughs> he did something to two female slaves. Um, what did he do? Human centipede. <laughs> No. Thou shalt put thine lips on the ass of this other slave. Bleached ass. Be- yeah, he bleached their assholes. <laughs> he bleached their assholes. He shaved <laughs> their he nether shaved regions. Uh, made them unpopular. He he performed a wedding ceremony for them. Nope. Lesbian slave no. marriage. He married them both himself at the same time. Let's see. He was the 15th president. Yeah. Lucky number 15. Lucky number <laughs> 7. Lucky number 15. What would you do if you were the 15th president of the United States? What would you do to two slaves that would be unpopular? He put them in his cabinet. (laughs) Well, (laughs) he probably did that at some point in time. You skinned them and ate their faces? I don't. (laughs) You give up? I give up. He freed them. Ah, damn. He bought them to free them. And when when he gave them the freedom... Guess what he did to them? Skin them and ate their faces. Made them... <laughs> yes, he put them in the cabinet. No, he made them indentured servants. <laughs> oh, oh my god, he it's was like, so free ish. Free ish, yes, exactly. He bought two slave. He... Okay, so he was playing both sides. <laughs> he was unsure of what to do, so he bought two slaves with the intention of freeing them so he would appeal to both the North and the South by having slaves and then freeing slaves. That is a politician for you. Holy crap. That is 100% politics. That is. I am going to appeal to everybody by buying slaves and then freeing them. And it ended up backfiring and doing the exact opposite. Yeah. Pissed off everybody. (laughs) Pissed off the people who didn't want him to, buy him and then it pissed off the people that didn't want him to free him (laughs) (laughs) it it was it was a mess and it was the reason why he was very unpopular 
So or, he ended up just being like, you know what? Fuck you, motherfuckers. These bitches are going to work in my house whether they like it or not. <laughs> They're going to pay me back. Poor Jimmy Buke. Yep. Because I paid money for you, you're going to work for me. <laughs> so anyway, right. yeah. You know, I feel like your your presidential trivia reminded me of one I just saw. But I want to give, I like my original one. So I'm going to give me my the original one. Then I want to do this other one too, just because. Go. Feel froggy. So this is the original one. What was the first fatal shooting ever caught on live television? Live U.S. television, it says. So. Live U.S. television. First, first fatal fatal shooting ever caught on live u.s television was it that politician from pennsylvania that shot his shot himself i don't even know what you're talking about i mean maybe well there was a guy i can't remember his name the there's a filter song called hey man nice shot oh yeah it's about him and he basically on public television he like live on tv he gave out a bunch of envelopes to people he was getting ready to be indicted on conspiracy on I don't know, corruption or whatever. And in order to, if he had been indicted, his family would have lost all the benefits. So he mm-hmm. ended up before they could do it, he blew his brains out. Hey, you know, good family man. Good for him. Yeah. And they that wrote a song about it. No? Okay. Um, Welcome to Frequency, Kenneth. That's the other song. No. Boy, I, I feel like it on live television would have had to have been back in like the 50s or 60s. Like it wasn't. Yes. Your timeline's right. It wasn't like anticipated. It was an act like nobody thought they were going to capture this. This is totally out of the blue. Uh, JFK? Related. Robert Kennedy. Yeah, colder. Oh, uh, Ruby. Yeah. Uh, when uh, Hinckley got shot. <laughs> Hinckley? Hinckley? Wait, no, wait. Har- Oswald. Lee Harvey Oswald got shot by what's-his-face Ruby on television. Jack Ruby. Ding, ding. Jack Ruby. There it is. Boom. You got it. Jack Ruby shooting Harvey Oswald was the first fatal shooting on TV in American history. It was a cover-up. So I did come across this, and I got. I, th- I thought this is funny. So think how to word this. There are two men alive today who are the grandsons of a president, but this was a president that was from back in the day, one of one of the early presidents. Can you say which president it was? Like either the name or the what number he was. And their grandsons? This this president's grandsons, grandsons are alive today. Abraham Lincoln. No. Rutherford B. Hayes. No, you might not get the name, but if you give me the number of which president he was, which number he was, I'll accept that as an answer too. Seventeen. Lee. No. Not Lee. What what the fuck? Grant. <laughs> <laughs> Now, Grant hey. was 18, because Lincoln was 16, so Johnson was 17, so Grant was... Oh, yeah. yeah. Um... <laughs> Lee, alternate history. <laughs> Harry Turtle Love. Um, grandson's alive, so they could be in their, like, 90s. Another it's generation. Then another generation. Uh, Jefferson. No, that's too far back. Garfield. You just know. like saying Garfield. I do. Give up? Yeah. It is John Tyler, the 10th president of the wow. United States. And his grandsons are alive. 1841 to 1845. He had a son when he was 63. That son had these two kids at 71. Wow. Jeez. That's why we have from... Good for him. A president that was in office in 1840s has grandsons that are alive today. I wonder if they get Secret Service. Yeah. How does that work? 
I don't know. I'd be making a phone call if I were them. Though. Yeah. It's like, listen, somebody's going to come gunning for us. Cause my great grandfather was a president of the United States. I want secret service protection. Not even great grandfather, grandfather. Oh, that's right. My grandfather, yeah. my grandpappy. I got a question for you. Opinion question. I read today mm-hmm. and there was a very weird answer that I kind of enjoyed, but I'll ask you this question. What conspiracy theory, if we're proven without a shadow of a doubt, scientifically proven to be correct tomorrow, which one, which conspiracy theory would create the most amount of chaos? Which, which thing that is an idea that is a theory conspiracy wise, maybe it's not a conspiracy. I don't know what I'm trying to say. Well, it's gotta be, it's gotta be flat earth. Cause if that was proven true, then everything we know about science would be out the window. Flat earth. Yeah. The, <laughs> It's not really a conspiracy. It's more of a theory. The <laughs> okay, answer so- the answer that I saw that was pretty clever was uh, karma. <laughs> <laughs> karma? That's a conspiracy? Yeah, no, no. It's a theory. <laughs> if karma were proven, scientifically proven, without a shadow of a doubt, just imagine what people would be doing. I mean, holy crap, that would prove... That reincarnation is the right uh, philosophical, theological stance. I don't know. Maybe the world would be a better place if carbon yes. was absolutely Everybody brutal. would be like, fuck, I got to do the right thing for everybody. But, see, this is what kills me about reincarnation. So the idea is I die, but I reborn in a new form. So I'm me now, but I used to be, you know, fucking Abraham. Joan Lincoln. of Arc. Yeah. Well, whoop de goddamn to do. How's that help me now? Like, who the hell cares if I'm going to be reborn as, you know, the king of the world in my future life maybe you do maybe that's why you have to go to these spirit guides and shamans and uh mediums and maybe maybe that's the whole point of these people that want you to meditate and and Ah. do their thing maybe you can get in touch with your old self and have a connection but can you because even people that claim to be able to tell you your past lives don't hook you up with your past life. They don't like say, oh, this is where your you know past self hit his fortune. His pirate gold is hidden on this island. You know, there's no because it's all bullshit. But so nobody ever claims that you can get in, you know, in touch with your past life. They just say, oh, you were this person. You were a schoolgirl in Victorian England. Like, why do I keep going back to Victorian England? Why but, do you uh, keep going to schoolgirls? <laughs> you were a Japanese I'm thinking school- of a specific movie, okay? Can Defend I go back life? to being a Japanese schoolgirl? That's all I want. <laughs> that's all I really want. But that want. doesn't help you at all. Like, like that's not life after death because you're not – because the sum totality of what we are is our memories and our personalities. So what the hell is living on and being reincarnated? What What well, is – In Westworld, they say that you live as long as you're remembered. Ah, that's true. They do say that. I don't know. I that doesn't help me at yeah, all. No, if I die I tomorrow, I remember for another hundred years. That doesn't still doesn't help me. No, <laughs> it's like people's like, oh, I would love to, but not be appreciated in my own time. You know, fuck that. I want to cash in on every single bit. <laughs> <laughs> all if my I past do something lives. that's amazing. I want to cash in on it now. Yeah, like my my past lives were all fucking assholes. Yeah, yeah. Do something for me. <laughs> Jesus, bunch of dicks. Maybe that's the whole karma thing. Maybe maybe you've got to be good in this life, so in the next one it'll catch up to you. And but it's not you. It's that's that's the point. Your next life is not you. I'm Steve Piles. I'm me. If you know, fucking Seamus O'Malley in my next life is running around doing whatever, then that's Seamus O'Malley. That's not Steve Piles. I don't give a shit what kind of life he lives. But maybe 
you're Seamus O'Malley right now. Maybe you only think you're Stephen Piles, (laughs) but you're really Seamus. My mind erase ray backfired on me. Maybe once you come out of this life in the afterlife, you're like, wow, I can't believe I shaved my fucking armpits. Holy shit. I won't be doing that. I won't do it again. I will not do that in my next life. Time to time to go back in and then boop, Seamus. What, what? <laughs> no, no, it was not Seamus. <laughs> it was Seamus O'Malley. God damn it. I was I was wondering why that name was stuck in my head. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> uh, everybody that was listening, just forget forget, forget what I just that said. Part. <laughs> forget that part. Forget that part. That's not a person that we know. No, not at all. <laughs> as soon as I said she was a male, I was like, shit, why did I say that? That was horrible. <laughs> um, <laughs> so anyway, on that note, yeah, I am going to sign off. Oh, yeah? Yes. Are you? Or is, is Seamus <laughs> <laughs> No, I am, I am Colonel Mustard, and I am saying, <laughs> dip me in your Monday milk. Colonel Poupon. I am General Poupon. <laughs> Fucking I am mustard guy. I am Bob Ass Pace Captain Bleach Scully. Seamus Bleach Ass Pace Scully. Saying, did me and your money. Alright, see you later. Bye bye.